0: Everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. It's an evil fucking room Each episode, we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Fair warning there will be spoilers. I'm Brandon. I'm Justin.
1: And I'm Stephanie.
2: So, um, that third voice might sound familiar to everyone if you listen to our Baba and Nightmare on Elm Street remake episode. That's my wife, Stephanie. She's joining us on this episode to talk with us, and we're very excited to have her. So, hi, Stephanie.
1: Hello. Hello, everyone.
2: Okay, let's get to today's double feature. The person picking the double feature rotates from episode to episode. This week was my pick, and I chose Fido and Warm Bodies. Let's pop in the synopsis tape.
0: Fido? is a 2006 Canadian zombie comedy directed by Andrew Curry and written by Robert Chomack, Andrew Curry, and Dennis Heaton from an original story by Heaton. In a 1950s-esque alternative universe where radiation from space has turned the dead into zombies, the fallout of the resulting zombie wars has left humanity living inside fenced-off cities. Overseeing it all is ZomCon, a corporation that developed behavioral collars to control zombies' violent outbursts so they can act as servants and labor workers after death. ZomCon also develops funeral services for the wealthy, which involves the deceased being decapitated and their head buried separately to prevent them from coming back. In the town of Willard, the Robinson family is one of the only on the block that doesn't own a zombie. Early in the zombie wars, Bill Robinson, patriarch of the family, had to kill his own father and has harbored an intense fear of zombies ever since. When his wife, Helen, buys a zombie in spite of his objections, their son, Timmy, befriends the zombie, naming him Fido. One day, Fido's collar malfunctions and he accidentally kills the old woman that lives next door. Timmy buries the old woman to keep Fido out of trouble, but she returns as a zombie and infects another person before Timmy can return and kill her permanently. As the zombie outbreak spreads, ZOMCON security investigates the cause, eventually tying it back to Timmy and Fido. A pair of local bullies capture Timmy and disable Fido's collar in the hopes of killing Fido and making themselves look like heroes. Instead, Fido protects Timmy in spite of his disabled collar, killing the two bullies and then hurrying away to fetch Timmy's mom. Helen arrives in time to save Timmy from the new zombified bullies and as a result the three grow closer and more affectionate leaving Bill feeling alienated and excluded ZomCon tracks down and captures Fido but Timmy with the help of a schoolmate and former ZomCon employee learns he is being kept at the ZomCon headquarters and sets out to rescue him. When Helen realizes where Timmy has gone she forces a reluctant Bill to accompany her to ZomCon headquarters to rescue Timmy Meanwhile, Timmy is thrown outside the protective fence, surrounding the city by a Zomcon employee. Bill finds Timmy and dies trying to save him, shot in a struggle over the Zomcon employee's gun. Timmy slips back inside the fence, Fido is freed, and the family returns home. Helen honors Bill's wishes for a headless funeral, and the film ends with Helen, Timmy, and Fido holding a neighborhood party and living together in domestic bliss.
2: Warm Bodies is a 2013 American zombie romantic comedy written and directed by Jonathan Levine and based on Isaac Marion's novel of the same name. Roughly eight years after a zombie apocalypse, Zombie R is one among many of the hordes of undead wandering in an abandoned airport. Although undead and driven to consume human flesh, R is aware of and unhappy with his situation and lives in fear of becoming a bony, zombies who have shed their skin and transformed into ravenous skeletons after losing all of their humanity. While hunting for food, R encounters humans from a nearby walled-off enclave on a mission to retrieve medical supplies. Upon seeing one of them, a girl named Julie, R's heart beats for the first time since dying. After being shot by Julie's boyfriend, R kills him and eats his brains, absorbing his memories and increasing his attraction to Julie. He wipes some zombie blood on her face to mask her scent and takes her to an airplane for safety. Although Julie is initially terrified of R, He's able to earn her trust, and as he does so, they begin to bond over music and video games, with R growing increasingly verbal and expressive. He insists Julie stay with him for a few days until it's safe. In spite of her growing affection for him, Julie grows frustrated and attempts to return home, but is caught by another swarm of zombies led by R's friend, M. R rescues Julie, but when he reveals that he killed Perry, Julie leaves him and returns home alone. M and the other zombies are initially confused by R's behavior, but eventually begin showing signs of life themselves. Inspired, R sneaks into the human enclave to find Julie, and convince her that the zombies are being cured. Julie and R attempt to explain the zombie cure to Colonel Grigio, leader of the community and Julie's father, but he only threatens to kill R. Julie and R escape, and meet up with M and the other zombies, but when Boney's attack, R and Julie attempt to flee, eventually leaping from a roof into a pool far below. R shields Julie from the impact with his own body, but is shot in the shoulder by Colonel Grigio. When R begins to bleed, they all realize the truth. R is fully alive again. The cure is real. The humans and zombies unite to kill off the bonies, and the slowly reviving zombies begin integrating back into human society. The film ends with a now fully human R and Julie, watching from above as the zombie apocalypse ends with the demolition of the wall surrounding the city.
0: Okay, so why did
2: you pick these two movies? So I picked these two movies because they're both zombie romances. And because of that, they both have uh, a lot of the same zombie movie tropes, and they both invert their zombie movie tropes in similar ways at times. This is in the middle of the apocalypse or or post-apocalypse, and uh, humans have learned how to exist with zombies uh, by creating barriers to keep them out. Uh, they also involve, like, militarized governments, because the human enclave is sort of run by the same people that are protecting them, so there's sort of a military hierarchy in Warm Bodies, and ZomCon is itself sort of militarized, like, even though they're a corporation, they have, like, their own standing army and <laughs> cops that show up, so. Yeah. And both of them involve the humanization of zombies. Both of them feature... Uh zombies who start out being your more traditional zombie and then end either being accepted or or sort of rediscovering their humanity or reinforcing their humanity to others in some way. What traditionally has made zombies effective, and the way we we traditionally use them in movies is that they're like their horror is in the dehumanization of being like just one in a crowd. It's this sort of mass gathering like. Uh, zombies are are hordes they're always on mass because we don't think of them as human we think of them as a mass it, it's conducive to like murderizing the hell out of zombies like uh, in zack snyder's Dawn of the dead uh when they're on the roof they're on the roof of the mall at one point and they have a game going with some people across the parking lot in a different building on the roof and it's it's sort of like celebrity where's waldo they're like writing down the names of celebrities that they think the zombies look like, and then the other person is trying to find that person in the crowd and then shoot them and kill them. And if they do, they get points. And it's, it's a funny scene, but it's also them just sort of coldly murdering people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you say that was? Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the yeah, Dead? Yeah, Zack Snyder Dawn
2: of the Dead. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like the similar thing happens in... It's the sequel to 28 Days Later. I guess it's 28 Weeks Later.
2: I actually did make a note of, like, zombie-adjacent movies, because part of the reason zombies are big is because around the same time that zombies got a resurgence in in the early aughts especially, like the late 90s, early aughts, was also about the same time that video games really started to take off again, and it was specifically in the era of the first-person shooter, where, like, people were hooking up their Xboxes and Playstations and, like, killing each other online, and so, like around the same time that, like, Call of, Call of Duty was getting, like, really, really big and taking off, we had, like, Left for Dead come out. And the whole draw of Left for Dead is just, you're basically a one-person army gunning down waves of the undead. And uh, a similar mechanic is used in, like, the Marvel movies. It's uh,
1: also similar to, at the same time, that was when Plants vs. Zombies came out. Mm-hmm. And they were just mindless hordes coming at you. But what I think is really interesting about these two movies, to bring it back to, like... The movies that we're talking about uh is that they both give zombies agency but it's interesting and in how they each do it and how they're different because i feel like r is a like actualized person and he discovers his humanity and you know he can now speak and mm-hmm. he's warm and his heart's beating again and while they don't have that in fido it is something similar but it it's not that fido like discovers his humanity it's that he becomes kind of like lassie like the quintessential good dog that he knows how to play with the baby and he does that he fetches timmy whenever he's you know is essentially trapped in the well but like tied up by the the bullies he's a really good dog and that's i mean it's fido so he like becomes as as intelligent as like a dog because while we personify our dog um there are some things that he just knows and he has agency and he can make his own choices but it's not quite to the human extent so it's kind of more like a 50s kind of lassie sort of movie
2: Uh, i mean I agree with you that Fido's overall structure is intentionally, like, by the title, it's really obviously meant to be playing on the boy and his dog formula. I don't know that I agree that Fido, I feel like, that, in a way, misses the point of the movie, because the point of the movie is that that is how everyone treats their zombies at the start of the movie. They all wear, and that's actually where I was going with the dehumanization thing, is, and Fido's a great example, so, in Fido all of the zombies are basically forced into labor after they die if you if you die you're either drafted back into the labor force as a zombie or you're rich enough to afford the the special funeral where they cut your head off and bury it in two separate places so that you don't come back but that's a that's a privilege only reserved for the rich and so all the zombies then all wear that same blue jumpsuit they've all got the zomcon logo like on their lapel and that's why timmy names him Fido. But I feel like as the movie goes on, you can tell, especially with Timmy's mom, they start thinking of Fido not as Fido a dog, but as, like, another member of the family. Like, when they're washing the car, he's, he's playing with them. He's washing the car, but they're also, like, spraying each other with the hose and stuff. He can't verbalize. Like can in Warm Bodies, but I feel like there's a similar humanizing. Like there's a reason at the end of the movie he's wearing like a floral print dad shirt with like slacks and playing catch with Timmy instead of playing fetch with Timmy like he does earlier in the movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like by the end, it's not that he's discovered his humanity, which is why I was what the distinction Mm -hmm. I was kind of trying to make. It's that they now accept his humanity Mm -hmm. and they're willing to like let him be part of the family instead of a glorified butler.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think that that is really interesting. It's kind of like he goes from being kind of like just a a workhorse sort of to a valued member of the family. But uh, so it's interesting that it's yeah, I I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) I just agree. And I find that interesting. These movies are interesting.
2: I find it interesting that I agree with you. I agree that I find it interesting.
1: (laughs) It's also interesting that the the fact that they're both male zombies are the protagonists of these movies is interesting that they're both zombie love stories. Like they're, they're romance movies also like it might be, it's the A kind of plot in one and the B plot in another, but uh, it's interesting how they kind of characterize the male zombies humanization i I don't know it kind of goes back to like how one is more kind of in touch with the hormones because r is definitely like attracted to juliet or julie sorry it's romeo and juliet because he he mentions that like he talks about it he makes gestures he doesn't look away whenever she's taking off her clothes because they're wet he definitely thinks that there's something whenever he gets invited up to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that kind of stuff, and it's kind of similar to Fido, but Fido doesn't necessarily express hormonal attraction to her like R does. But the reverse is kind of true because Julie doesn't really express like necessarily like attraction towards R. But and you'll have to forgive me, I forgot her name. Um, <laughs> Helen definitely finds Fido attractive in that he will listen and he's attentive to her needs and like everything like that. He's attentive to, t- to Timmy. He's attentive to the new baby. You know, he's present in the moment in a way that, you know, Helen's husband isn't because he's so preoccupied with everything and money that he can't pay attention to her. So it's, it's interesting how they're kind of like yin and yang. They're sort of reversed. But But it's also interesting that the the female zombie in Fido, Mr. F- what's his face across the street, they're all what's his face and who's his face? It's, uh,
2: it's Mr. Theopolis. Mr. And Theopolis
1: Tammy. and Tammy. Tammy seems to be more in control and also they kind of lead you to believe that it's Mr. Theopolis that's kind of calling the shots but then by the end of the movie we see that the mask is off and the curtain is drawn back and it's really kind of Tammy who's who's calling the shots where he's telling her no don't get up I'll help you and it kind of gives context to like the scene in the bedroom when she's chained up that's not a control thing except that it's her She's the one in the control of this relationship.
2: Um, I kind of get what you're saying. You're saying that, like, so, like, the Mr. Theopolis and Tammy relationship, early in the movie, the way they portray Mr. Theopolis is that he's a creepy grosso. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone judges him, um, even when Tammy mentions that she, when Helen mentions that she cares for Fido, Tammy says, like Mr. Theopolis? And she's like, no, no, not like him. Mm -hmm. Like a friend. And then, uh, like, there's a scene where Ch- Fido gets chained up outside, and then he looks up in the window, and you can see that Tammy's chained to the wall, and there's like this sort of weird, sort of 70s swinging, sexy music playing, and he like takes his robe off and is doing this like cat scratch sort of motions at her, and there are all these little instances where they show their relationship, and he like slaps her on the ass as she's getting the paper, she's bringing him lemonade, give, drink, bringing him drinks outside, but once they partner up with him to go to Zomcon to free fido they start to invert that relationship at least a little bit because like mr theopolis makes the joke well i mean if something happens to her you know i'll just upgrade get a new model same vintage and she gets her hurt, her feelings hurt and she looks out the window and he goes oh. i went and upset her because he knows i don't know if tammy's necessarily like in charge of the relationship, but I do think there's more give and take than the movie implies at the beginning. I think that the beginning of the movie is more of, like, everyone's perception of Mr. Theopolis, and then toward the end, you see, like, he's standing in line, and he does not- he doesn't free Tammy and stick her on people, he frees someone else's zombie, because Tammy's his partner that he cares about.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess... Didn't he talk about in that movie how he was, like, in a drugstore with her and she was with her parents and just happened to be the right age and had an aneurysm and plop, dropped dead, and then he was like, I guess she's mine now?
2: That's what he says. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Uh, You could argue, at least, that if you look at the way everyone reacts to Mr. Theopolis, an example being I mentioned whenever Tammy's getting the paper, Right. And, um, he slaps her on the ass. The response to that is that one of the zombies that's delivering the milk hurls a milk bottle at him and it, like, shatters against the door and he has to, like, run inside because he's gonna get attacked by this zombie. Even though the zombie's got a collar on, it's still pissed off, like, how dare you objectify her. But, if you look at the way... The the war hero guy that's the sort of main antagonist of the movie... Mr. Bottoms. uh, Yes, thank you, Mr. Bottoms. So, when Mr. Bottoms is talking to Bill at one point... And this is after uh, Helen starts to become more friendly and care about Fido. Uh, He says, Your wife's pretty friendly with that zombie there, Bill. Don't let them start caring for the zombie. Didn't lead to anything but trouble. And there are obviously multiple ways to interpret it, but you could argue that Mr. Theopolis is presenting a sort of gross playboy front to everyone else to hide how he really feels about her. And you could recontextualize everything else that you see, like, for example, her being chained up as just kink you know
1: i think that it in his mind it could it might be easier for him to kind of find social acceptance as just being written off as like just some weirdo like gross guy who's just got who is perverted you know Mm -hmm. um it's easier to find that kind of acceptance rather than essentially being a simp for his zombie because (sighs) there's less masculinity in that and being someone who cares about his zombie who lets her take control uh, Uh, because by the end of the movie whenever everyone's accepting the zombies and they're at the little neighborhood
0: picnic I feel like my head is going to explode did we watch the same movie (laughs) Jesus Christ the most masculine thing you can do is watch a girl go punk in the supermarket and go she's mine now you well, he didn't
1: right. claim her. And then he, he just put, put a collar on her have... and took her home. No, he didn't do that. he That's
0: gross. That's
2: someone's he says that daughter. she, she <laughs> was he watched her go
0: thunk and went, I can have that at home. I'm just saying,
1: they don't make it clear what age she is. Lots what, of people... Mom?
2: No, lots of people
1: go shop with their parents. Uh,
2: yes. We have literally shopped with mom in our 30s. Yes, yeah, so. it just
0: seems like
2: no no the implication there is 100 percent that gross. like she's like a high schooler and he's like yes like
0: he, he still like at the, even by the end of the movie i was like i appreciate you showing me a lot of redeeming things i still think this is a gross character and this is a flaw in this movie that i do not appreciate but that's fine you know there's it's from 2006 there's gonna be problems with it but still like
2: yeah, I mean, I remember him saying is found her in the grocery store, she was shopping for candy with her mom. And all of those are things that imply being younger, but don't explicitly say her age. Because you can shop with your mom at any age. You can Everyone eats candy. You know, so like, it's one of those things and like, she's obviously, she was an attractive person. And so, you, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm not even saying that, that the interpretation is correct. <laughs> You're 100% right. Like, that's that's sort of why i brought up the point of them all being in like enforced labor they are i don't want to say the word slavery because that has so many other implications in the united states servants you know enforced labor though like they are definitely inscripted into this labor class without Mm -hmm. any choice because they don't have the money to buy a funeral and be properly put to rest by that idea, though, Helen's relationship was also bad. Like, there is no there. If you take that logic and you play it all the way out to its very end, the implications are horrifying. But that's true of like but, almost yeah, everything. Well, like I, superheroes are fascists, and see, you know. they,
0: they they were real, real gentle with the whole Fido and Timmy's mom thing. They were very gentle. It was very way less explicit than the other one because you know the other one actually showed a shot of the stupid fucking bedroom with people hanging up and whatever. If you want to do that, that's fine. But there's a choice, <laughs> and he's doing that with his zombie, and I don't think I want. You know, I only watched it once. I didn't think Helen was attracted to what the fido. Uh, I never got that. I never got that kind of like attraction there was like a a peaked interest like i wish i knew you when you were human and Mm -hmm. to me that felt a lot like um to me that felt so much like when you talk with somebody who has like dementia or alzheimer's and occasionally they have spots of clarity and you're like god i wish i had known you when you were fully you and not whatever you are now and for me, I could be wrong, but that was the whole vibe that I got from Fido was because there's a lot there's a streak of this fear of the elderly throughout the movie with Mrs. What's her face. Also the fact that nobody wants to die. Everybody's afraid of dying anyway. Whatever. There's also, you know, a lot of like, you know, uh critiques on capitalism because literally everything is capitalized, like the the government, the, the, the workforce, the zombies, the funerals, it's all the same company. I love <laughs> that. It's hilarious. Um uh, it's also Explicitly based on Lassie Come Home, The Night of the Hunter, and Peyton Place. Those are inspirations for this film, mm-hmm. and they're very evident even when Timmy's in trouble. You know, and the mom's like, "Oh, is Timmy trapped in the?" Blah, 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 and I was like, DS, of course they're gonna do."
2: I, when that scene happened, I was like, "This is 100% the the like the inception of this movie." I can easily see to the whoever came up with the idea first. Like, getting baked and being like, oh, definitely, yeah. What if it was like, yes, is Timmy stuck in a well, but instead of, like, Lassie? Lassie's like a zombie.
0: Yep, but I love everything that came out of it. Oh yeah, but yeah, from Fido. So for 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 me, I uh I did not get a romantic relationship between Helen and Fido. I got more of a. I really wish I knew. It was more like I don't know, not avuncular like uncle. It didn't feel romantic to me. It felt nostalgic and like this is a person, and I feel bad for the way that we've been treating them. However. There's something there, you know. There's there's obviously something there that's separating us. But this is a person that I want to stay in the family, not like Tammy, who is, I'm assuming, you know, like I don't know.
2: I just I don't. I have two points uh, related to what you were talking about, Brandon. Um, so first, I will start with the scene that you mentioned, where she's it's when she like is putting that suit on him, Bill's suit jacket, and she says, "I wish I'd known you when you were alive." Um. So to me. The way that scene read was sort of like, you know, those romance movies that, that like middle-aged guys make a lot where it's like a guy and he like two people meet and they are either both in a relationship or one of them is in a relationship and the other one's not. And they both want to be together, yeah. but they like can't because Sally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or. Um... Oh, shit. What's the one where Bill Pullman has allergies? <laughs> and uh, he's the he's the villain of the movie because he has allergies. I don't oh. remember what it's called. Superman? No. <laughs> Shit. It's a, it's a romance. It's got Sandra Bullock oh. in it, I think. Um, Sleep in Seattle. Is it while Seattle. you're sleeping? Maybe, yes. Maybe that's it. Sleep in no. Seattle has. That's Sandra Meg Ryan Bullock. and Tom Hanks. No. Yes, that is. That's it. That's the one. You're right. You're right. That's, that's an example of, of a, the type of movie I'm talking about where, like, Bill Pullman is the, the, the boyfriend in the movie and his romantic partner meets someone else who is hotter and has more chemistry and they do the romantic comedy thing and the movie ends with her leaving bill pullman because he's kind of stuffy and a stick in the mud and he's got allergies and she just doesn't vibe with him but like there's a lot of movies that where they do that and they don't end up together it's just sort of like uh i think Burkback mountain is an example of one where like two people want to be together but they can't because they have prior commitments and they love that other person too and it's I, that's the vibe I got when she said, "I wish I'd known you when you were alive." It was sort of that we can't be together, obviously, because you're a zombie and I'm married. But we could have been together if we'd met when you were still alive before this happened. Again, Maybe the other it's just point is
0: because Billy Connolly is so much older than her, and so when when that scene played out for me, I was like, I don't feel like it's romantic. It just feels like I don't know. It it feels like a nice because you know. Because they have that whole story about how the grandparents are dead because of the zombie wars and yada yada. This is a person that Timmy doesn't have a lot of, you know, role models and stuff outside of his direct family. And so to mm-hmm. me, it felt more like he's a lovable uncle or grandpa or some nice father-esque figure to have around. To me, it didn't feel romantic.
2: If we're talking about, like relationships and we're talking about like mr theopolis's relationship with tammy and helen's relationship with fido whatever those relationships are there is no ethical way for them to have a relationship if we're going by like strict ethics because they are zombies who were bought as slaves Mm -hmm. in the same way that white people keep trying to make slave romances work. Like white Mm -hmm. people just keep trying that like, maybe this time we can make a movie about a black woman slave falling in love with her white slave master, because he's really not that bad deep down inside. There is no way to do that story in any ethical way, because when you purchase someone as, as property, they no longer have any power dynamic to be an equal in the relationship. So much like when we talked about Candyman. If you play stuff out to its full conclusion, the implications are very horrifying. But that's true of a lot of romantic comedies, even the ones that we're supposed to like. Like Grease, the ultimate message is change who you are to fit the image that your boyfriend would like you to have. So like, romance movies are just tough to nail.
1: I'm pretty sure that the thesis and final conclusion that we're supposed to have from Grease isn't that um it but it's grease is the word it's uh, the yeah, word fair. that you heard
0: it's got that's groove fair. it's got meaning i i get what you're saying yes romantic things are difficult to do and and if you play them out all the way to the end yeah they're yeah
2: there's a lot of things to pick apart here and as for them being possibly romantic my example is this there is a scene mid to late in the movie where fido has lived with them for a while And um, kind of become part of the family, kind of like a family dog, as the name of the movie might imply. But one of the sort of running stories, it's sort of like when I brought up in the last episode about planting, where uh, Nicholas Holt's shoe and uh, the sort of little tiny, tiny storyline that gets carried throughout Mad Max Fury Road, there's a similar thing with Helen and Bill and their intimacy part of it's playing on that 1950s sitcom trope of like two twin beds instead of sleeping in the same bed because we can't see a man and a woman share a bed that's even though they're married and you would think that would be mm-hmm. the situation whatever anyway conservatism is silly um but she's trying to be sort of not like sexual with bill but she's being sexy and sort of playful and she puts on music and she's like trying mm-hmm. to dance with him oh and yes the dance he's always scene, yeah. very standoffish and like helen propriety And when he does it this time, instead of just taking his word for it, she starts dancing with Fido and like giving Fido sort of a, not a striptease because she doesn't take any clothing off, but sort of like a, like a, a a dance. And she like pulls him up and like dances with him in a clear, like, fine, if you won't dance with me, I'll dance with Fido, making her husband jealous. I agree. If he's, if it's not romantic, why is he jealous? You know?
1: Exactly. Well, because he's a shallow little baby man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure if he was... I I definitely do feel like there was undertones of jealousy, but he was also disgusted because he does not see Fido as a person. That's That's true. That's his thing. He doesn't see zombies as people. They're just formerly dead things and they have no redeeming qualities. And so for him, it was disgusting. And for her, she was just trying to get his attention and be like, I want you to put in your work in this marriage because that's how marriages work. You have to, you know, give and take. And she was using Fido, the one humanesque prop in the room to be like, this is the thing that you don't like and now I'm going to dance with it because I don't know what else to do to get your attention but imagine that
2: imagine that scene playing out Mm -hmm. and we take the Fido like metaphor pastiche spoof uh-huh. and we just make it an actual dog movie okay. now imagine helen is trying to be romantic with bill and he is like helen propriety and she okay. goes over to their doberman and starts mm-hmm. dancing with him and he's like yeah. how dare you i'm going to my yeah. room well, it's a you weird know, fucking reaction if he thought no if everyone. he thought
0: if he thought dogs were absolutely disgusting that dogs did not need to be in the right. house number one that dogs had no place you know that All that stuff that he thinks, I feel like he would have had the same reaction. Like, you're doing this silly stuff with the dog, and what you need to do is put it outside and go to bed. (laughs) Like, that's his whole thing. And so when he got shot at the end, I was like, I don't really care. Like, fuck that guy. He was annoying. Anyway, (laughs) so for me, it's it's never, for me, it was never, this is alluring, fancy, ooh, you know, like like dead people are so sexy. It was more like... (laughs) It was more like at the time I was using him as a prop to make my husband jealous. But now I am looking past my own biases and realizing that this is an actual person. Granted, is that problematic? Yes, because my friend is, you know, my friend's daughter's coming over and she's bringing her dad over by a chain. I mean, I'm not saying the movie's perfect. I'm just saying that I, I don't feel like there was as much romance. But also, like it's also an opinion. So
1: I think that there's just as much romance in this as there was in Warm Bodies. And Warm Bodies is literally Romeo and Juliet made over again. And I, I feel like it's, it's just the same. Because Fido is filling all the roles that she needs in a in a husband she he's making time for their kid he actually likes their kid and like which is definitely (laughs) not true of timmy's actual father um he's dancing with her uh you know he'll play catch with his kid like he'll wash the car he he does all of these things um you know
2: very fatherly things. Very
1: fatherly things, but also he'll pay attention to to Helen and uh, and the way that he pays attention to the baby and everything. Um, it was really telling that the first thing that I, I'm just going to say Timmy's dad because I don't remember his name. Whenever she tells him, like, has to point blank say, "I'm pregnant," he goes, "No, you're just gaining weight." Uh, and then she says, "No." literally feel this it is your child kicking from my womb he goes i can't afford another funeral and that was their reaction and i don't think we see you know fido's reaction but the fact that he was playing with the baby at the end of the movie you know shows that he cares for it you know he's engaging more than what bill would have
0: yeah well the difference is that fido you know used to be Uh, Well, is a person (laughs) that used to have like a personality (laughs) and stuff. And Bill is a person that is devoid of all those things that make people people because he kind of had to make himself that way during the zombie wars by killing his own father, and and because we're in this whole macho 50s-esque era, we're not going to deal with those problems. So they just fester, and they're not ever dealt with properly, which means, you know, when when she finally is like, this is exciting, I'm pregnant, he's like, this isn't exciting, this is horrible, I have to plan for more expenses? That's when you're like, oh, God, okay, well, we can just lose that guy.
1: But it's also, it's really similar to Juliet's relationship with, uh sorry, Julie's relationship with not Paris, but Perry, because he doesn't care. He doesn't want to show any affection. I, he might have cared at one time, and just like I'm sure Bill cared, cared for Helen at one time, but he doesn't anymore like he is just so obsessed with the zombie mission or the mission of like taking something from the zombies to recover it that he doesn't care and he just wants to be like juliet's father the zombie leader
2: i think that you're interpreting distance with lack of caring and i don't think that's entirely accurate at least my read on it was that both bill and perry are great examples they're very similar characters because both of them because zombies are the risen dead, both of them had to kill someone who was very dear to them, and in the aftermath of having to do that, they have tried to distance themselves from all attachments, because in a world where people die pretty regularly, and it's there's nothing you can do about it, because you know it's a violent, tougher mm-hmm. world than it used to be, it doesn't make sense to have attachments to things, because then you just get hurt, which fits the boy a boy and his dog story pretty well uh, honestly mm-hmm. for that formula because it's kind of what you're doing when you get a dog because they don't live a hundred years mm-hmm. so at a certain point you're getting a creature that you're going to love very very much mm-hmm. but not for very long and then you're gonna be really sad so that's f- sort of fitting but it's it- the
1: zombies that took priority in their lives they were both <laughs> like to the point of survival. obsession well survival but also it was just the only thing that they thought about. Mm-hmm. Even whenever it's leisure time uh, and you see Bill reading a magazine, it's death magazine because that's yeah. the thing that's on his mind. He is obsessed with death and that being the final point. And so there's he's not contributing to the relationship in a way that these zombies can both make Juliet and Helen their priority, their main priority. And I feel like If that's not, you know, something that you would value in a partner, I I don't know what what is, you know, everyone wants to be someone else's priority, especially in like desperate times whenever it's not just the men who are going through this zombie apocalypse. It's also stressful for the women. And so the only good man in a zombie apocalypse for a woman is a dead man because (laughs) they're the only ones who care about the mental health of these women um
0: plus they're quieter
1: they're much quieter <laughs> that's true. it's it's fantastic and you have a collar that you can zap them you know oh, it's wonderful but i think that it's it's interesting that they that they're both like zombie romances but they're also of their kind of of their times cuz I, I was thinking about and i'm not going to spoil one division because that's horrible but the fact that it kind of it's a 50s kind of movie. And so it's like portrays a 50s relationship and then Warm Bodies is a very CW it's like a long episode of a CW show. Mm-hmm. Down to even like the poppy score that they have whenever he's getting made over cuz they have to have a makeover sequence cuz it's a CW show. It's a teen movie. I literally said T, that out loud. M, teen movie. While I
0: was watching the movie like <laughs> like they were in the room and they were talking about it. it was before it happened and I was like oh my god is this happening and then <laughs> she was like well you know I have some makeup and I put my arms up in the air and I went zombie makeover yes
2: because That's of sad. Course they did a terrible death. job they
0: did a I horrible
1: know. job he looks he looked, horrible he looked, he looked more better dead. before
2: they put makeup I on know.
1: him <laughs> he looked more dead after the makeover.
2: Well he, like he certainly like looked more
1: was,
0: disturbing, that's for sure. Oh, it was
1: <laughs> it is bad. But it's they're very very similar. And and the same thing happens in the other movie too, because they have to send him into what was it Zomcon or something, but they they like put him in like the fancy in put Fido in the fancy clothes to go infiltrate ZomCon. No. He had on nice clothes
2: and stuff there was he wore a suit later because like you said bill is obsessed with, with death and so they would like for weekend fun would go hang out at funerals <laughs> so he could take pictures of he was like his sports like oh here comes the head here's the thing where they say so and so from dust shall have you come to dust shall you return and from dusk shall you not be resurrected uh so he wore the suit there. But when he gets arrested, he gets taken to Zom Khan and he's put back in the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's forced that's right, to that's do right. manual labor. Which, Brandon, your thing about capitalism is like spot on. That's poor. Yeah. like I actually was writing down notes about that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, after I thought about it, uh, after I thought about it, I liked Fido more than I liked Warm Bodies. And I felt like Fido was more effective in its messaging because. Fido was, you know, it it has a very distinctive tone and and take. It is lampooning a very very specific thing, you know, from the fifties, like fifties culture, that has also broadened into just American culture at general, like you know, American culture, uh, or especially now we have for the past. Fifty hundred years or so have had i mean humans have always had an obsession with death, but particularly after World War two after you know the devastation caused by nuclear stuff
2: we've definitely
0: been obsessed with like apocalypse and death, and so that is all very present because of course it is because that's. Prime time for that stuff, you know, uh, mm-hmm. is the fifties, and I, and and it's lampooning like so much capitalism and how everything in America is, you know, capitalized basically uh, commodified. Yeah, yeah, commodified way more than it is in literally any other country, and they make fun of that, um, and I like that. Warm and and it's it's you know it's 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 like I said it it's it's poking fun at like people that are constantly worried about appearances because at the beginning of the movie, when Helen was like, Oh, you got dirt on your clothes. And I was like, I'm not going to like her because she's going to be one of those people that's more concerned with appearances than she is with the well-being of her son. And that's actually what kind of starts her getting Fido is because she's jealous cuz they don't have a zombie like the rest of the neighbors. And then she realizes, "Oh, he's actually a person." This is actually helping. You know, it's to me it felt more like a dog story. Like this has actually become I got one because I wanted a status symbol and now I have one because I love it because it is a thing that I can connect with or whatever. Um I felt like Warm Bodies was doing the same thing. It was trying to like lampoon ro- uh, romantic comedies with with zombies because that was the thing you know in the early 2010s was just doing everything with zombies eventually um uh, i just don't feel like it's as successful because it's less targeted they mm-hmm. they they spend most of this movie with this idea that i i have still like the movie frustrates me a little bit because they spend the whole movie being like the zombies can change. They just need to be shown love except for the bonies. And then we fucking shoot them because nothing can save them. And it's cathartic when we shoot them and we could do it together. It's an activity. And I'm like, I have a problem with that. Also have a problem with the fact that they kind of, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Dave Franco, as I have said before. However, he did when they do the flashback scenes and stuff kind of make him a pretty sympathetic character. So all I can think about the entire time is this main character that I'm following is an asshole because he's absorbed all (laughs) these memories and now he's projecting that onto her and she's like, okay with it. It's this weird Beauty and the Beast situation that I don't like. But I understand why it's there because Romeo and Juliet is Beauty and and fucking whatever. I just don't feel like it's as successful because there's a lot of things that are not as well thought out in Warm Bodies as opposed to Fido. Uh, Because I think Fido's pointing towards a very specific message of what it's lampooning, and Warm Bodies is more of a generic idea. And I don't think it was thought all the way through.
2: I agree with you, sort of, and I disagree with you in points. I, I do think both that Fido feels sharper because it has a very specific movie formula that it's lampooning, and Warm Bodies is more of a. Yeah. I mean, genre. Warm Body is
0: yeah. I was going to say Warm Bodies is too, but there's also a less specific formula with romantic comedies because you know.
2: I mean, it's it's sort of like a. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is probably the the. Yeah, you're right. That's basically it's a Beauty and the Beast story. It's not even really like a. It's except it's. it's, it's except it's worse because
0: like in the cartoon she you know she's like i give my myself in place of my dad so my dad can go back to the village because she's she's like that they they portray her there's a hundred versions of beauty and the beast they portray her as like you know selfless i'm talking about the cartoon which is the only gospel version (laughs) there's no other version it's just the cartoon from 1990 whatever um, yeah, so that, you know, there's like an exchange, like, I give myself for my father's freedom, and it doesn't do that in Warm Bodies, seems just like, I'm gonna kill this guy and eat the brain, oh, now I like her, but if I smear you and stuff, you know, you won't get caught and I can keep you as a pet.
2: It feels weird. I don't want to go too down in the field of Beauty and the Beast, because I feel like that's a- Yeah, that's probably another- A thing. whole separate conversation. Um, <laughs> It's very similar, though. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I agree with you there, though. Like, because even if we do say that it's a Beauty and the Beast story, in spite of the fact that there are trappings that make it a Romeo and Juliet story, like the fact that his name is R, his friend's name is M, which is Romeo and Mercutio, her boyfriend's name is Perry, uh, Juliet's fiance was Paris. So, like, the parallels are, in, are literally intentional. But it's also not a Romeo and Juliet story because they this isn't die. two warring families, this is zombies and living people. But, I think that, because you brought up the bonies, and that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about, because, like I said, traditional zombie movies, the horror comes from the dehumanization, and even, even in Fido, you, you see that, like, all the zombies are forced, like I said, to wear jumpsuits and look exactly the same, that, and that's true of the people, too like capitalism sort of squishes everything down to a specific thing that you have to be you have to have a house you have to have a car you have to have it 2.5 children uh work for this specific thing everyone has a zombie so you have to make sure you have a zombie like and everyone becomes the same and the more that helen cares for fido in whatever capacity that is the more that she starts to think of fido i would argue as a person and humanize him the freer she becomes and she begins to reclaim her own humanity because you're right at the very beginning of the movie those bullies literally point a gun at timmy because they don't think of timmy as a person either and her reaction isn't that's terrible we need to go to the school her reaction was did people see you in those yep. clothes but later she fucking burns those bullies down da- like I know. kills them and burns boy their that was house a down.
0: conflicting scene <laughs>
2: because she's started to feel again and she also like you see her her it's reflected in her clothing she's much more like covered up and buttoned up in the start of the movie she's like got the dress and like a shawl and like gloves and as the movie goes on she becomes freer and she starts like exposing her back and her shoulders and it's a more intimate way of dressing and a more personal way of dressing it's not exact carbon copies and she starts standing up for herself instead of being like men uh, go get me a drink she's like get it yourself bill (laughs) feminism guitar riff (laughs) but uh warm bodies is the same way though like the whole cure for the zombies is reclaiming their humanity and the thing with the bonies is that they have literally lost what makes them human and they have all become the same skeletal monster they have let their condition consume them so completely that there is no human left. The rest of the zombies, what brings them back is being reminded of humanity, and like so, they all start to integrate back into society because they start feeling again and feeling love again and being loved and thought of as people. Uh, and it's it's Julie and R's relationship that that does that. You're also right though that he's a dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is where my problem with the movie. Came. I was gonna
0: say, are are you basically just saying that? warm bodies creates a third degree of separation for dehumanization because instead of it being the zombies it's now the bonies which is what the zombies mm-hmm. they said at the beginning that's what we turn into when we mm-hmm. lose our whatever but still like that that implies in itself that there are things or people beyond help out there which is opposite I mean. of kind of like the zombie that's playing against the very thing that that warm bodies is trying to do that just love will cure these people their heart will grow three sizes and they'll get to celebrate christmas like that's their whole fucking would, thing <laughs> except for the bones and they
2: and they but i would argue that it's because they made that choice the the zombies in the book they're actually called fleshies so the the fleshies they they have all been consumed by this zombie plague but they have not given up their humanity that's part of what makes our the protagonist that we're able to follow because he has an inner monologue and an interior to himself it's not just mindless consumption he's not shuffling along going brains like he has feelings even confliction about the very thing he's driven to do versus the bonies which are zombies that have been zombies for so long that they have given up hope they have chosen to abandon their own humanity because' so it's easier. Here, here's
1: something interesting um uh, they don't just specify in warm bodies what caused the zombie problem, I guess, but they do describe it like it was like space stuff that caused like a radiation issue in Fido, but in in warm bodies, who knows what it was uh probably something airborne since there yeah. were small children that were zombies but it's funny that what kind of could fix them is a sexually transmitted disease. And here's where I'm saying, this is where I'm coming from. So the way it was attraction that started to cure R and he takes his first heartbeat whenever he is alone with Julie and they're listening to music and she's like teasing him and like flirting with him and kind of like, It was was an attraction that happened and that started the first beat of his heart. And then who's the next zombie that it goes to? His best friend, M. The person he's closest to in the world. And then by by the end of the movie, we see that M has gathered a crowd of zombies behind him. Zombies that he knew. And then they spread it to other zombies that they knew. So it's an STD that saves the day.
2: That could also just be described that's that's literally the concept of paying it forward though. You know what, is like Justin, showing but it's not kindness. As catchy
1: <laughs> my- as an STD saves the world. Uh but it's what I'd like to have put on my tombstone one day.
2: You you heard it here first. Warm bodies is a reverse it follows.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> exactly.
0: My thing with what you said was that these are they're choosing. To leave their humanity behind and to become these bonies. And I don't think they are. Like, whatever this thing that's taking over them, if left untreated, will go to that. And the only thing that's saving those zombies is their whatever unfortunate, ex- you know, uh, Get together that that little that little thing fucking situation with R and Julie. That's the thing that starts the crux of them saving. But they're not choosing to save themselves. They're not choosing they to do life. That. They didn't even choose to become zombies. They have no idea how they became zombies. They're not choosing. That's, fair. that's not part of their choice, though. I don't. I don't agree that that is their choosing. I. I think that these in in my opinion i could be wrong for me it sounds a lot more like a a storyline closer related to somebody that has some kind of like i don't know like some kind of illness or maybe like a i don't know it's something that people don't choose it's just a thing that you get and 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 if people are kind enough to you and treat you, then you can be cured. However, if people don't care about you mm-hmm. and they feel like you're disposable, mm-hmm. then they can exactly. just let you walk around the airport for the rest of your
2: life until you die. So, no, I so don't here's,
0: feel like they're... I'm sorry. I,
2: I agree with you, sort of. So, one of, one of the things that I... When we were watching, we rewatched Warm Bodies. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, ah that's cute. Like, yes. I, yeah. I, I couldn't think of anything really to think, to talk about until i watched fido and then i remembered how fucking great fido is so but i wanted to rewatch warm bodies with the context of fido in mind so that i could uh see what i thought about the second time and i agree with you sort of I still argue that the point of the movie is supposed to be that they choose life, cause R could have just killed Julie, and that would have been the end of the movie. He like he could have seen her and been like, yeah, I but
0: think he was he just in felt those feelings in a state,
2: and he embraced them instead of pushing them away.
0: Right, but he was in a state of whatever the thing that was infecting, where he was still able to do that. I feel like eventually, just like in Alzheimer's, it devolves to a point where you have no control over that anymore because your brain is actively working against you. And so Alzheimer's people, they don't get to choose, well, my family showed they loved me. And so I got out of it. You know, they eventually they just die. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that this is the same. It's just to me, I don't feel like those I feel like those people got sick and they went we don't want to associate with those people, so they put them in the airport, they built a, s- a wall around their city, and then they were like, those people can go die, eat themselves, whatever. We're the only people that are human, so we'll just repopulate. But
2: doctors will tell you that if you have a disease, like, doctors talk about how some patients just give up and let, let themselves die. Mm-hmm. It's too much, it hurts too much, they're too sick, it's too hard to go on, and they basically just stop trying and die, which is what the bonies do. Like, they mm-hmm. they are sick, or whatever, dead, whatever the fuck happened with warm bodies, because it, it's meant to be ambiguous. But, like, they, they have reached a point where they're like, there's no hope, there is no reason to continue to care, and they embrace the emptiness of just consumption, of just being a bony. R could have done that. He doesn't want to. He's afraid of losing that humanity. It's one of his things he's afraid of. And when he sees julie he could push it away the same way that perry does because perry also does the same thing he pushes away love and hope and connection because it's not worth it it's not worth it to feel because it hurts and r could have done that too but he didn't he embraced it and saved julie now my issue with the movie there were some changes done from the book to the movie i read the book wikipedia page i didn't read the book i would like to read the book, book but i didn't um Warm Bodies, it's based on a novel. So I read the Wikipedia about it, and the- Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yes, that's what I thought. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so what bothered me is the tone, at least that I got and from the Wikipedia article, is that the book's a little darker in tone. And I think the movie's tone is slightly mismanaged. And I was talking with Stephanie about this, because one of the things, when Warm Bodies came out, everyone was like, oh, it's like Twilight, but with zombies. But I would argue that would actually have been better, because Mm -hmm. the central conflict in Twilight is that Edward Cullen has to consume blood, but doesn't want to, because it hurts people. In many ways, the vampirism is it, like, a metaphor for addiction? And I think that if they had treated the zombie's desire to eat flesh as an addiction, like, and treated it in that storyline, it would have made more sense. Like, even if if they continue with the eating brains, in the book, when he eats uh, Perry's brains, uh, it implies eventually that, like, their souls have sort of joined. That whatever is left of R, because not everything is left, he doesn't remember his name or anything, so, like, there are pieces of him that are just gone that have been lost. But... By eating Perry's brains, those two souls have sort of joined together and become, he's become more whole. And I think there's a way to do that without it being as problematic as it is, because in the book, he doesn't, at least again from the Wikipedia article, the Wikipedia article plays it like he sees Julie after he kills Perry, and because he has Perry's memories fresh in his mind, there's a moment of like, oh, I shouldn't kill her. That's mean. And so he chooses to save her. But there's not, like, necessarily an affection or attraction there to speak of until later. And as they get to know each other, that attraction develops, especially as he continues to consume Perry's brains. He experiences more memories. He remembers being human. And he starts to feel attraction and feelings, like, romance for Julie. In the movie, he sees Julie, gets that, like, eyes dilate, heart... like, first love at first sight thing, and then murders the fuck out of her boyfriend, and then lies about it while still secretly eating his brains. To be
1: fair, it, though, the boyfriend did hit him first.
2: So... <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's not the you know, eating him, it's the, after that, lying to her about it. Because, he again... He wasn't the, lying, the, he
1: told her. He didn't lie. He just didn't, you know... He didn't choose the time that she wishes he would have chosen. She even says that she thought he did. Like, she just, I think, assumed he did. It was just going unspoken.
2: Right. But the the tone of the movie is so otherwise sort of gooshy. Like, squishy. Like, it's so sweet. And I don't feel like... I feel like it really handwaves the facts that he is eating people.
1: I feel like that's hand-wavy. what they probably would have brought up if they had made a tv show out of it it would have gone because is it an addiction or like as he's becoming more you, rediscovering his humanity and becoming alive again would he continue to chase that high of like being able to consume human brains and get that rush of having all the memories even while he can eat like regular food or does he not So that's something I feel like would have been made for an interesting TV show, but they didn't go full Twilight like they should have, and because of that, because they pulled back, they didn't get the CW show.
2: As an aside, I also feel like Warm Bodies, um, it feels like they made the movie, and then there were places where they thought it was too dark, and so they tried to, like, lighten the tone through like reshoots and post because there are places where the narration feels like that's definitely supposed to be there like this this feels like an important moment and then there are places where the narration feels like they were like i don't know if we don't have narration like when the goats are following r as he's going to the human city and like we didn't need r to be like go away hey get out of here in voiceover like he's already doing that on screen we didn't need the reinforcement of him saying it you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: in our in our ears too so i feel like there were moments where like maybe the movie was supposed to get darker like i like a uh, um so in romeo and juliet spoilers for a several hundred year old story uh, mercutio gets into a fight with tybalt and dies and it's because mercutio dies that romeo is like fuck you tybalt and goes to kill tybalt which causes the whole war between the capulets and the montagues to like heighten And I feel like that was going to happen in Warm Bodies, because when M is standing there with a group of zombies, and they're looking at that sort of vacation poster, and they all have that one heartbeat moment where they're like, oh yeah, holding hands. Remember when it was like to feel human? And then the bony show up. I feel like that scene was supposed to end with them dying. Yeah, I did too. And it didn't. Instead, he's like, oh, we got away. And I was like, how? It was literally like an inch from your face. Yeah.
0: It felt like, uh, yeah. They were telling a Romeo and Juliet story, which obviously they were, but they were also trying to subvert it, not just with zombies, but with like romantic comedy expectations because they both don't die at the end. They both live, which is not how Romeo and Juliet ends. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I was like, I felt like the more i watched warm bodies the more frustrated i got because i was like i feel like this is trying to say something and it keeps getting in its own way the more it tries to say something like it felt like the more it tried to say something the more it would step on its own feet and fido i felt like was more successful because it was basically like what do i want to lampoon capitalism Okay, <laughs> Easy and that's basically what they do through the whole movie. It's a lot of lampooning of capitalism, and they kind of do that in Warm Bodies, but not so much. It's also more about like squishy love, you know, like if we just love each other, we'll all get along, which is not a sentiment I can get behind. But also, <laughs> but also uh, when they were shooting the bonies, I was still like, oh, we're just going to not talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> those guys, they were too far gone. So we picked him off and it was fucking cathartic. Cause we teamed up and we were just like, and I was like, okay, that's probably the most American human part of this story. So, <laughs> I so I think it.
1: that what's what's kind of uh, interesting, and I probably should have done this because I it would have made sense if you're going on a a podcast about a movie to watch like the director's commentary and yeah. stuff but i didn't, <laughs> I didn't that. um but i'd be interested to know and to kind of know the behind the scenes story i f- it feels like a movie that got a lot of like notes from the studio um like on the dailies to you know fix this do that because it feels very much like a big money maker because it was put out the same time of like twilight um and and things yeah, like that just like zombie land like there were a lot of things that it's a very like this is a hot zombie story that we're gonna i bet it had a lot of trailers that were shown on you know abc family the cw those types oh of i remember MTV, yeah those kinds of things it was a big um, d- like
0: it came out like when i was in the middle of college like right you know 2013 yeah like, mm-hmm. right it, before i yeah and so it was a, it was a big deal
1: it feels like it was made to make money in a way that Fido wasn't like it. Fido feels like a movie that was made because someone had a really good idea and wanted to commit it to screen. And I'm not saying that the people who made warm bodies didn't believe in their artistic journey, but there were a lot of things I could notice about very obvious uh, product placements. Like we zoom in on the Corona beer Mm -hmm. that she's being, that he hands her that she happens to have label out. I noticed that whenever she's listening to headphones that R has, because zombies can sometimes want to listen with headphones, I guess, to their vinyl records, because that's not at all. Embracing
2: humanity. He said that the sound of vinyl sounds more alive. Alive. Hmm. Uh,
1: But it was very clearly Audio-Technica headphones. Uh, They were definitely that totally natural scene where he's learning how to drive in their convertible bmw and then she tells him this was a nice car um it was just it it felt really commercial in a way that fido doesn't
2: so the car scene at least i can say is in the book that she does teach r to drive in the book is something that he'd wanted to do but couldn't because zombie anyway you can continue sorry
1: Uh, but yeah so I just I don't know I feel like there's a big difference in Fido feels like capital A art and uh, in a way that that warm bodies doesn't and I don't say that to offend the people who made it but uh, to a certain point
2: like I think you're describing an indie movie and a relatively larger budget studio movie
1: yes I guess suppose yeah It just it feels less genuine, I guess, Uh, for a movie that's supposed to be about the human, like the triumph of the human spirit, and you know the power of love. Uh, It it
0: It feels very hollow. That that was what I picked up on was in in Warm Bodies. It's supposed to be this big celebration of like love can build a bridge, you know, Judd's world tour, that kind of thing, and it. Yeah, I was like, did nobody else get that reference? Nobody ever, have you not heard the Judd song, Love Can Build a Bridge? It was a famous, so. that was their big song. They did a farewell tour in the 90s before they quit, and that was their big song. It was a huge deal. Anyway, oh. yep, very niche joke. I get it. It's late. It's 10 o'clock. Anyway.
2: Do another Dreamgirls joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Anyway, yeah. No, I I feel like you're right, because... As I was watching Warm Bodies, I was like, I appreciate the message. Love can fix everything. It's the bridge to all blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, it was, yeah, it was also backed up with a message of, but there are some who cannot be saved, and for those, we target practice them. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that...
2: So, I think it's an okay message to say some people don't want to be saved. Like, there are some people who have chosen shitty life paths and you're like man i hope the best for you but i can't be dragged down with you and i feel like that's kind of what warm bodies is going for i'm not saying it's a completely successful message but that's definitely what they're going for is that the bonies have chosen to abandon all hope ye who enter here and the rest of them hadn't yet and then eventually chose life there is also the sort of inverse. It, in a way, it's also an inverse of Fido, because as Fido goes along, both humans and zombies start to exhibit more individuality and start to express themselves, ending with like Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, uh, Carrie Ann Moss wearing like the sort of shoulderless, backless dress and being more open and smiling and being more affectionate, and Fido wearing like the floral print and, you know, versus uh, Warm Bodies, where it's almost like. They have to reintegrate into society and they have to change their behaviors to fit what society deems appropriate, which admittedly we shouldn't necessarily extend a loving hand to flesh eating monsters. But you know, like I I can see that message being made. But it's also very hopeful. Like if you compare warm bodies, where the vast majority of the dead who have become flesh eating monsters then come back, they're saved, not just one. All of them, except for the bonies that have gone too far. Versus Night of the Living Dead where everyone dies. Roll credits. Thanks guys for coming. Like (laughs) Well, but
0: also like, you know I'm not
2: saying and that's not a diss against Night of the Living Dead. That's just a very uh, nihilistic like sort of a very pessimistic ending. It's like we're gonna we're gonna be our own deaths bye guys sorry. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say, um I was reading an article that was talking about the It was basically just like the lineage of the zombie film. And at the same time, it also had to... It was really weird because it had to basically describe the etymology of the word zombie and also describe the history of the zombie film because the two are kind of tied, but not quite. It's so weird. It's just weird. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. So uh george romero in night of the living dead even though they're not called zombies it's what we assume they are because it matches previous uh (laughs) depictions of what zombies were on film uh which you know so it just stuck however it did very much popularize and standardize the format that zombie films make some kind of like political or socio-cultural statement that zombies could be used for that. And, you know, the big example is, uh, in Night of the Living Dead, the fact that the main character or one of the main characters in the house is black. And it's very, the whole movie is very, uh, can be read as a representative, like, struggle, like the civil rights movement. And even at the end, he still gets shot because it's kind of like a nihilistic view of how America is. You know, like we work so hard and then we just, shoot ourselves in the foot anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: Um uh, I don't know anything about that uh, yeah. as Arkansas lists <laughs> all of its goddamn COVID nineteen restrictions. <laughs> he'll put he'll put him back though if there's a spike. Uh,
0: anyway. <laughs> uh, that's something for another day. So so George A. Romero, so before that there was like a few zombie movies, like one or two. Not they weren't super popular. Um, I don't think. Uh, but George A. Romero, you know, he really popularized the zombie movie, but also making the zombie a political figure. So now when the zombie is introduced, it is a very us versus them. There's some kind of take on society. And with Dawn of the Dead, you know, it took it a step further with capitalism. You know, with zombies walking around the mall and we're all slaves to capitalism, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's a really popular one. Uh, they do it in Fido, They do it to a certain extent in Warm Bodies. And, and so, yeah. So, so I, yeah uh it, it is interesting how George Romero started the fact that we should use zombies to help spread some kind of political message and then did it you know like effectively Zombies were a thing before George Romero, but George Romero really popularized popularized politicizing. Zombies, and how it's a really easy way to communicate simple messages like civil rights, like, I don't know, universal health care, something like that, which you could say is something that warm bodies could be advocating for because there's a whole bunch of sick people just wandering around the airport and no one's going to help them. They're just, I mean, stuck out there because, well, they got sick and we didn't know what to do with them. Anyway,
2: I mean, I think they all, I mean, all art is political. All art inherently ends up making a point. You're either reinforcing the status quo or challenging it. But I think if you compare movies from the classical zombie lineage, right? Zombie movies tend to end sadly. Like, the, most of the time, zombies aren't people. They're not portrayed as people. They're portrayed as either a threat or this is what happens to us if we lose ourselves or if we get diseases. And and I know that World War Z has been read as, uh, at least the movie, has been read as sort of, like, a a metaphor for the, like, masses of refugees coming to, like, deprive us of our resources. But all of those typically are, like, fucking downers. Like, even if they win, they're still in the apocalypse, right? So, like, even if the characters survive, it's, like, it's kind of like at the end of The Birds. Like, you you survive, but, like, what now? Versus you get this run in the early aughts and in the, like, early tens whatever the hell we're calling those um Teens, of like yeah. fido warm bodies Shaun of the dead maggie there are these movies that start portraying zombies as more i mean Shaun of the dead sticks to the structure of a zombie movie pretty closely because it's meant to be parodying your classic zombie movies but spoilers for Shaun of the dead in case you're concerned at the end of the movie one of the things that they've done is sort of like reintegrate the zombies into society and to a, to an extent it kind of goes Fido and like because I think that they're watching like a zombie fight on TV almost like a cockfight or or like a animal fight but there's also like Sean keeps Ed in the shed because he thinks that there's still some of his friend in there and they like go and hang out and play video games so there's clearly still some left of, of Ed and uh, there's a book series and I've only read the first one Uh, by Jonathan Mayberry called The Rotten Ruin Series. And it does the same thing. All of these movies at least orient around the idea of a cure. Shaun of the Dead being the sort of most distant one, but it's there a little bit. But like Maggie is about Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find the cure for zombieism for his daughter who is slowly becoming sicker. Warm bodies, they all get cured in the end. Fido is, they're not so much cured as much as they're people are, everyone goes, oh, right, they're people. Well, we'll stop making them slaves. (laughs) But they're they're suddenly more hopeful. And Warm Bodies especially feels like a... It's so clear Warm Bodies came out in the era of Obama. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels so, like, weirdly hopeful at the end, at least for me, where it was like, look, we are all united together. Hope. We are one America, and we have united and resolved our differences, and the wall has come down, Mr. Gorbachev. I saw Warm Bodies in the theater. And really enjoyed it. Like, I was like, that's sweet. Like, I I, I didn't mm-hmm. love it. Like, it w- didn't, like, rock my world by any means. But I liked it. And I was like, yeah, sweet. That was nice. I liked that. And there are people who were like, it's so stupid. And I was like, I mean, okay, but you just say that because it makes you think about Twilight. And it's trendy to hate Twilight. Yeah. But it's also not a perfect movie. It definitely has weird flaws that Fido... Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Is like Stephanie, more expertly masks, maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, it's definitely, definitely. You know, she hit it on the head when she said Fido feels like an indie movie, and Warm Bodies feels like you know a big studio, and that's exactly because at the time when they made Fido, nobody was really making zombie movies, and so they were like a zombie comedy film. What the fuck do you want? Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> and you know, when it finally came out in two thousand six, it started to become more of a thing because of you know. Of things like that, you know, like things just yeah. start coming out more like that, like *Pride and Prejudice* and zombies, *Dracula*, Lincoln, and *Vampire Hunter*. It was like a whole thing. Late two thousand, or the late aughts, early teens. It was like this whole, what if we did romance and dead things together? And it blew up and and so Warm Bodies is literally a product of that because people were like I would really like to do romantic things like pride and prejudice and zombies. So one is like I have a an interesting idea I would like to poke fun at. The other one was like we need property to capitalize on this mo- movement. What if we made Warm, yeah. Warm Bodies into a film? And And I mean it yeah. was
2: definitely there was definitely an intention to capitalize on twilight because that was also in the heyday of twilight like twilight came out i think in i think the first one was in 2007 and by the time warm bodies came out i think eclipse had come out maybe breaking dawn part one but like it was in the in the heyday of twilight so like it it was definitely a decision of like what other paranormal romances can we do uh zombies do that yep for
0: me fido felt more like a story about old people, like you it, mm-hmm. and then and, and capitalism in general, like you don't get to retire anymore, you work until you die, and then even after you die, you still work, you know mm-hmm. um and 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 warm bodies, yeah, felt like it was like, what if we what if we did a message of love, but kinda <laughs> yeah,
2: I agree, yeah, I like warm bodies ultimately, like I mean that's why I picked it i i, kinda, I tend not to pick movies I don't like, but you it definitely movies. was a more—that's like for sure. <laughs> it, it definitely had a more like hopeful Obama era. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna be all right, which plays very differently after the 2016
0: through 2020 mm-hmm. years. It sure does. Okay, I think that about does it. If you want to join the discussion and share your own thoughts with us, hit us up online. We're on Twitter at eerie underscore Earfuls. Our email is eerie.earfuls at gmail.com, and our website
2: is eerieearfuls.alloneword.com. You can subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. If you like the show, spread the word. And if you're feeling extra generous, we'd love if you left us a review.
1: Our theme music is Baba Yaga by Kevin McLeod. Our synopsis music is Anxiety and Night of Chaos. Also both by Kevin MacLeod. All licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Find more music at Incompetech.com. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone.
2: Not a plant scene in this movie. A plant.
1: Because of Plants vs. Zombies. Which Hmm. is probably how the bonies got out of control, because there were no plants to rein them in.
0: That's true, probably. So, the lessons that we learned from these zombie films is eat more vegetables. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. All right.